Attention, all troops. She's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolist. I worked at a video store when I was younger, and as I mentioned in the Fast Times at Ridgemont High episode I did, that was paused commonly during a certain adult scene. Now that is sort of more common knowledge. People know that Fast Times is probably one of the more paused videotapes from the 80s. What's not commonly talked about are other movies that have common pause points. When I worked at the video store, Fast Times was certainly the most paused, but Another tape that we had a lot of trouble with was the 1985 comedy Just One of the Guys. And over the years since working at the video store, and probably while I was working there, a bunch of people had confided in me that they found this movie intriguing and this certain scene, let's call it the reveal scene, to be more intriguing than the rest of it. And they would pause it. And I would tell them, after they confessed, that they were not alone, that we rented this movie probably every other day, and a lot of people were pausing this movie for this very adult moment. I am a big fan of Just One of the Guys. My sister and I would crack up watching this when it ran on HBO, and it ran often on HBO for a couple of years there. One of the worst things about renting videotapes was when the tape would get stressed and you'd have to return it because it would be ruined, or if it broke in your VCR, ugh, that was the worst. But as time has marched on, and we start getting a lot more digital formats, the thing we're missing is the way the humans used to interact with the physical media. Sometimes that's okay, because having a broken tape or a scratched record isn't always that great. But sometimes when I was reading a book, somebody would scribble something or draw something that I would get a kick out of. And when you watched movies, you could kind of tell the really good scenes not just the adult ones, but the ones people liked re-watching and re-watching because the quality would diminish while you were watching it and it gave you insight into what your fellow viewers were into. This is something we are going to lose very quickly as digital media completely takes over. Is it something we have to miss? Probably not, but I do think it's worth noting and worth thinking about. On today's show, I want to talk to you about a very pausable movie called Just One of the Guys. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the camera, we'll talk about the plot, we'll talk about the soundtrack, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Just One of the Guys is a 1985 comedy. It was directed by Lisa Gottlieb. Lisa Gottlieb is a film and television director. She's probably best known for directing Just One of the Guys. But she would go on and direct other things, including some TV, like Freddy's Nightmare and Boy Meets World, as well as movies like Across the Moon and Cadillac Ranch. Gottlieb is also an associate professor at the University of Miami School of Communication, and she has taught filmmaking and directing at several universities. The film has two writers, Dennis Feldman and Jeff Franklin. Dennis Feldman's first film credit was just one of the guys. He would then go on to write the screenplay for the Eddie Murphy film The Golden Child. Feldman would go on to direct the movie Real Men and produced Dead Again. Jeff Franklin is a TV producer, writer, on the big screen. You probably know him from just one of the guys and 1987's Summer School. On TV, he wrote for TV shows like It's Gary Shandling Show, Bosom Buddies, and Laverne and Shirley. He also created two TV shows you might have heard of. One, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Okay, maybe not that one. But you probably heard of the other one, Full House. Yep, you're picturing his name now in the credits, Jeff Franklin. That is the only thing I can picture is those credits with his name when I hear the name Jeff Franklin. So just a little fun fact about just one of the guys. It is loosely based on a Shakespeare play, Twelfth Night, or As You Like It. And by that I say very loosely. But if you want a more modern, straight-up take on Twelfth Night, you should probably check out 2006's film She's the Man. So a little bit about the plot of just one of the guys. Terry Griffith is played by Joyce Heiser, is a high school journalist who wants a dream job as a newspaper intern, but comes to the conclusion that she can't get that job because of her good looks and because she's a girl. So she decides to try something different. She enrolls in a different high school as a boy. And with the help of her friend Denise, played by Tony Hudson, and her little brother Buddy, played by Billy Jacoby, or Billy Jane as he's known now, she starts to pull this off. Although, it's movie convincing, not real life convincing. When she goes to school, she meets this guy Rick, played by Clayton Rohner, and giving him a makeover, trying to turn him into something else, but then she starts to kind of fall for him. Meanwhile, there's a bully at school, and can you guess who that bully is? It is Greg Tolan, played by the greatest teen villain that ever walked to the face of the earth, Billy Zapka. So can Terry pull this off? Can she continue to fool everybody? Can she keep her boyfriend in check? Can she help Rick without falling in love with him? Can she avoid a potential girlfriend, played by Sherilyn Fenn, all the while not getting beat up by Greg Tolan? This movie has everything, and if you've never seen it, it is just as crazy as you hope it would be. After these messages, we'll be right back. Moore's Crunch. It's here. Marshmallows and chocolate graham crackers. Together in new S'mores Crunch cereal. The fantastic part of this complete breakfast. Hi, what's the cereal? S'mores Crunch? There's no S'mores Crunch cereal. There is now. New S'mores Crunch. Like a dream come true. Tony and I talked last night. You didn't work it out, did you? No, it's over. Look, I know you tried. I decided to call a lawyer. When it's time to call a lawyer about a divorce, call Jacoby and Myers. Nancy, I'm sorry about your uncle. Anything I can do? 
When it's time to call a probate lawyer, call Jacoby and Myers. Jacoby and Myers. It's about time. And now, back to the show. So a little bit about the cast. Joyce Heiser played Terry Griffith before her work in Just One of the Guys. She had appeared in other movies like Valley Girl and Staying Alive and would continue to work throughout the 80s and into the 90s. She had a run on the 90s version of The Flash. She was also up for the role of Dr. Melfi on The Sopranos. In the 80s, Heiser dated Bruce Springsteen, and if you grew up in New Jersey in the 80s, you probably knew that already. Humorously, the Terry character has a couple of Bruce Springsteen posters on her wall, and at the time, Heiser was dating Bruce. Yeah, and he lets me call him Bruce. It's no big deal. Clayton Rohner played Rick Morehouse. Now, if you've never seen this movie, can you guess what Rick, who's kind of nerdy, is obsessed with? Now, I'm thinking you're never going to guess this. I'm going to give you a moment. If you want to pause it, now would be a good time to think about this. All right, what's your guess? Not even close. The answer is James Brown. He is obsessed with the music and stylings of James Brown and has to do some Brown-style dancing in the movie. And from what I hear, he was given lessons by James Brown to learn how to dance like him. Does a pretty good job. He also has a pretty cool look after he gets his makeover. Clayton Rohner, born in 1957. He's an American actor. He's born in California. Probably best known for his work on Just One of the Guys. Although he would go on to quite a few television roles, including work in Star Trek The Next Generation, Beverly Hills 90210, and more recently the TV show Weeds. Billy Jane, who at the time was going by Billy Jacoby, played Buddy Budrick. Buddy is kind of girl crazy throughout the movie, kind of makes him fun. He's a real character. I think my sister and I got our most of our kicks watching this film out of his antics. He was born in Flushing, New York. He was a prolific actor in the 80s, appearing on TV shows like The Golden Girls, The A-Team, 21 Jump Street. And then in the early 90s, he was on the TV show Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Great TV show. Then as the 90s wore on, he got less and less roles and then became a director for commercials and did some really big budget commercials. Billy Zabka played Greg Toland. Zabka was born in 1965. I don't think he needs any introduction. He is the go-to villain, be it the Karate Kid, Back to School, or this film. He's always brilliant in these roles. From what I understand in real life, though, he is a, such a nice guy from everyone I've heard who's met him. He's probably best known for his role in The Karate Kid, where he played Johnny Lawrence. But he's also an Academy Award nominee for co-writing and producing the film Most. Tony Hudson played Denise, the best friend. She would also have roles on TV shows like The A-Team, Greatest American Hero, and The Love Boat. Later on, she would marry the actor Dirk Benedict, who played face on The A-Team, who's also in Battlestar Galactica, and they were married for 13 years. Leigh Jason McCloskey played the boyfriend Kevin. One of those guys, when you see him, you're like, I've seen him in stuff before, but that's because he was in a ton of TV shows. He was also in the movie Fraternity Vacation with Tim Robbins. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie before. Or maybe if you're a horror fan, he was in Dario Argento's Inferno. Sherilyn Fenn played Sandy, the girl who has the hots for Terry and actually compares him to the Karate Kid, which is funny because Billy Zabka's in this film and he was in the Karate Kid. Fenn, at the time of this film, was dating Prince and then would date Johnny Depp after that. It's kind of interesting. Probably best known, though, for her work on the series Twin Peaks. Finally, 
Stuart Charno played Harold Reptile Sherpico. I just think Stuart Charno is a great character actor. He started as a stand-up comedian. His first movie was the 1981 horror film Friday the 13th Part 2, but he's also been in TV shows like M.A.S.H., Knight Rider, The X-Files, and many others. He's just got this great look. If you're a Friday the 13th fan, it's a fun fact that he's one of the rare people in the movie who survives the murder spree. So this movie had a huge cast, and rounding out it are Deborah Goodrich, Robert Fieldsteel, Ari Gross, John Apicelli, and Kenneth Tiger. The movie has a great soundtrack. It was produced by Tom Scott. Thomas Wright Tom Scott is a saxophonist, composer, arranger, jazz fusion guy. He's also one of the original members of the Blues Brothers. What's interesting is that he was in the Blues Brothers from the beginning, but then wasn't in either the Blues Brothers or the Blues Brothers 2000. So he dodged a bullet on that second one, and he wasn't in the first one because he was going through some sort of salary negotiation with them. He would go on to do music with so many people and write so much music that he's kind of a legend in music. And while it's not necessarily for just one of the guys, he did do a great job putting it together and contributed some music to it. There are songs that are played in the film that are not on the soundtrack. Music by Lindsey Buckingham, The Stooges, Johnny Lyon, Bone Daddies, and Private Domain. The soundtrack was available on Elektra. I don't think I ever owned it. Still don't. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hello, Mother. Daddy, you too. Love my classes. Here at CU. Just one problem. It's my laundry. Miss that nice fresh smell. Hey, Mom, I'm in a quandary. You miss Downey. That'll do it. April freshness rinses through it. Deep down softness, it goes all through. Downy freshness makes a difference, love. We miss you. Now there's a new Downy. Best Downy yet. April fresher than ever. With a no-mess cap the others don't have. Pours easier, measures easier. And what's left goes back in. No messy bottles. New cap, more April freshness. Best Downy yet. They're gonna fight! They're gonna fight! I thought Daniel wouldn't fight! He's got no choice! Justin, you must fight to the finish. Remember, Daniel, son, true strength comes from heart. He's gonna do it! Discover the secrets of karate with Karate Kid Cry Action Figures. Concentrate, Daniel, son. They chop, twist, and kick. Karate Kid Cry Action Figures are each sold separately. And for more action, look for the Karate Kid Competition Center from Remco. And now, back to the show. Now, you're probably wondering how well did this film do when it came out? Actually, pretty well. When it premiered, it was the number two film. It came in just after the Burt Reynolds film Stick. Stick had made $3.35 million, whereas just one of the guys just made $3.3 million, which isn't bad. Some other movies that were out at the time. Well, there's a lot of movies that I went and saw in the theater at this point, including just one of the guys. You had Police Academy 2, Moving Violations, Mask. My family took me to see that. Lady Hawk, which I couldn't wait to see. Desperately Seeking Susan, Beverly Hills Cop, The Last Dragon, Witness, and the Care Bears movie. All movies that I went and saw in the theater. Wait, did I say Care Bears movie? Uh... In the end, the movie would go on to make $11.5 million. I can't seem to find what the budget for the film was, 
but I imagine it was profitable and would go on to quite a run on television. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wasn't there a sequel to this film with maybe like Corey Haim in it? If you're one of those people who thinks that, that is because you saw the film Just One of the Girls in 1993. And that was how it aired on television as Just One of the Girls. The original title of the film was Anything for Love. I, too, remember when it came out. And when I saw the title, Just One of the Girls, I thought, oh my gosh, a sequel to Just One of the Guys turned out to not be the case. So Just One of the Guys is certainly not a forgotten film. But I do believe it is underappreciated. And I don't know why. It's super 80s for people who like 80s comedies. It's got a strange plot zany twists in it, and a wonderful cast. So if you're looking for some entertainment, something retro, something 80s, and you want a good laugh and a movie you haven't seen before, why not check out Just One of the Guys? It's available on most major formats, including streaming, and now you can pause all you want and no one will ever know. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Jacoby, 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 and Jacoby and Myers. It's about time. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.